and welcome back to the Potentially Podcast. We are your co-hosts, Lindsay and Isabel, and we are so excited for you guys to listen to today's episode because we have Marcy Fazio on today as a guest, and she is a Dave Ramsey preferred financial coach. Marcy, we just wanted to say thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you. I'm super excited to be here. We're always excited to have a new guest. And uh, the first thing we kind of wanted to talk about was how you got into being a financial advisor. I started out following Dave Ramsey um, when my husband and I started out years ago, you know, just like every other young couple, we struggled financially. And then once we got into the Dave Ramsey program and started really following it, I saw what a huge benefit it was and really wish that I would have done Dave Ramsey when we were first married and thinking back at how great our life would be now if we had, you know, if we had followed those principles in the early years. But I also feel like you learn from your mistakes. So there's definitely some benefit to going through all the financial struggles we've gone through. Yeah, I can completely relate to that because I feel like, and it seems so silly saying it now because obviously we are at that younger stage in our life, but I even feel that way. It's like, oh, why didn't I find this sooner? Why why didn't I know about this sooner? I feel like I would have made some different financial decisions, but like you said, I mean, it's kind of what brought you to who you are today because you have to go through those things to really learn and grow and be better. And so whatever stage you're at, whether it's younger when you find you know, your financial freedom or whether it's when you're older, I think it's good either way. It's better to find it than never finding it. Oh, absolutely. In my day job, I work in human resources. And so it was kind of a natural progression to move into coaching. All the young people come and everybody's always asking for advice. I've been giving advice to friends, families, and team members for a long time. And I sit back now and I look and think, if you could just follow these principles and don't fall into those traps, don't get into debt and, you know, start saving for your retirement now, your life would look so different when you're in your 40s and you're in your 50s than other people's lives. Was there like one moment do you remember where you were like okay we really have to change how we're doing things or was it just like a slow progression of this really isn't working how we're doing things we just you kind of got to your breaking point of we need to figure out a different way I think it was more of a slow progression when we started out when we were a young couple we had children right away my son was born with a disability so I alternated between staying home so we became a single family income for a while then a dual family and we kind of alternated back and forth between that for a while and we also came from two totally different backgrounds my husband grew up in a lower class um, family and myself i grew up in a middle class family and my husband kind of felt like he was slightly entitled once he became an adult and got a job and he felt like i work really hard so i should be able to have whatever i want and it was really hard for us to to negotiate that of getting the things that he wanted and then also being financially responsible. So I think that just over time with a lot of different circumstances, we found ourselves it, it with typical car loan debt, credit card debt, some student loan debt, and just looking back and looking at that credit card debt and thinking, I can't really come up with a tangible thing that we have. a a big tangible thing, right? We have uh, CDs and books and I don't even know what else we bought with our credit card, but there was nothing that we had to account for all this debt. And we did Dave Ramsey-ish for a really long time. And then, and just kind of like floating in and out of it. And then 
my daughter graduated from college and so I kept, you know, Dave Ramsey and we were doing our thing. And when she graduated, she had gone to a private school and she graduated with $160,000 in debt. Wow. That, that is a lot. Yeah. It is a lot of debt. And, um, she bought a car and she did some things and she had taken on a grant for part of her schooling. But when she graduated, she was required to work for that company for four years. She started working for them and didn't feel like it was the right fit for her. So she decided to leave that company. And by doing so, she had to pay back that money. So she ended up overall with $240,000 worth of debt. And it took her four years and 11 months and she paid it off and she killed it, paying it off. And that's really when it kicked my husband and I into gear, like looking at her and watching her do it and watching her. I mean, she was totally hardcore versus where we are. We were just kind of in and out, in and out, you know, we really want to do this. We really want to be debt free, but we'd really like to own this car. And then. Right. Wow. That's. That's super impressive. That that's amazing. That's that gives me inspiration because I'm sure our listeners have heard me talk about in other podcasts where we're about if you stick like all of our student loans together and everything, we're about two hundred thousand in because Jacob just started flight school and it's a hundred thousand dollars to go to flight school. And we have our past student loans too from when we both went to college. We we have about that much and we were planning out how we could do it and it was about four years after he's done with flight school if we really were hardcore about it. So that's awesome that she did that in four years. And that's super, super inspiring. Yeah, I was super proud of her. And it definitely made me stop and take a good look at my life. We were going to visit her. Um, she lives in Texas. And we were going we live in New York. And we were going to visit her. And she said, Oh, you know, what do you want for lunch? And I was like, Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. She's like, Mom, you do not understand. In my house, we buy exactly what we're going to eat for the week. You know, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> our grocery budget is so tight. And just looking at the way, the way that she did it, I was like, that is an inspiration. And I think that's an inspiration to everybody. If you are listening to the podcast of Dave Ramsey and you're listening to all those people and their debt-free screens, whenever you get down on paying off your debt, one hour of listening to people and their debt-free screams and listening to the sacrifices that they've made and the freedom that they have by paying off their debt is incredible and definitely gives you the motivation. Yeah, it can kind of pick you back up from, because you know, you do get those moments where you're just like, gosh, why am I doing this? Like, this seems like no one else is doing this and they're all out having fun and they're not giving up things. And so you can kind of get down on yourself about that. But yeah, if you just go listen to something inspirational like that, I find that it helps me get right back on track. So yeah, completely agree with you on that. That's kind of what you got you to the point of taking Dave Ramsey seriously and getting your life under control. What kind of made you want to go into coaching then and take it a step further? I just love helping people. And I just, I know that it works. I know that if you put your mind to it and you do it, it works. And I know the feeling you can get afterwards. And I just really wanted to give that to other people. Yeah, I think when you, whenever you do something really big or inspiring in your life, I feel like a lot of people have that urge to want to share it then. It's like, oh, I found out this great thing in life and it helped me so much. Now I want to help you so much. And so I find that with, at least in my own life, that's how I am too. And that's kind of why we wanted to start this podcast was just like, oh, we feel like we have these great ideas that we want to share and we want to inspire other people. And so that makes 
complete sense to me. Yeah, I get that feeling as well. I like being able to help people around me. I think the podcast is a good way to do that. And the financial coaching is a really cool way to do that because I wish I had somebody like that helping me through at the very beginning when I was trying to make these, you know, simple decisions about my finances. But when you're 18, you really have no idea. And so as a financial coach, do you help people on the like very minute things like going through their budget with them trying to find places where they can cut or are you is it more big picture like helping them figure out where they want to be and keeping them motivated financial coaching is really it's meeting the person where they are because everybody is in a different part of their journey you know whether you're single or whether you're a couple so it starts out by meeting you where you are and helping you really set big defined goals. It is really hard when you have um, broad goals. I want to be debt free. Well, that's a great goal, but that's not going to carry you through when times get hard. I want to be debt free because I want to own a home and I want to retire. And when I retire, I want to be able to do these specific things. Those are the things that are going to carry you through. Normally financial coaching is, um, most people are on a six month program and that starts out with two sessions in the first month. And in those two sessions, we really dig into where you are, why you're there, and what it is that you need to make changes into and defining what those goals are for you. Because once you know your why, it's so much easier to move on and develop a plan. And then for the first couple months, I really work the budget for you and we go through and figure out because So many people, you know, you look at, even if you write a sentence, a lot of times, you know, in your head what you've written and you may have written it incorrectly on the paper, but in your head, you're reading that same sentence over and over and it looks perfect, you know, and a lot of people can't find the holes in their budget because they look at it and they just can't see it. Right. You need a fresh set of eyes almost to take a look at it and see something that you are missing. Do you find that there is a certain section of the budget that people really struggle with or is it kind of different for everyone? I think it's different for everybody, but I do think like groceries and eating out and entertainment, those areas are really hard for people, especially groceries, because you can always feel like you're justified. I have to eat. I can't I can't survive if I don't eat. Right. It's hard for people to give up, you know, that. And when you're giving up all the other stuff, if you're giving up your entertainment and you're giving up eating out, then you may not necessarily want to sacrifice on what you're actually eating in your house. I think that's how Jacob and I felt when we looked at our budget was like, okay, a lot of these things we can't really change. They're minimum payments, they're past decisions. We can't really cut those. So the biggest area we can cut is our food budget and we were eating out a lot. And so that's kind of the route we decided to take was, okay, we have to be pretty hardcore about this and look at what we can afford and what we can't afford. And, you know, sometimes we mess up on it and we spend a little bit more than we wanted to spend. But for the most part, we're pretty good when we go to the grocery store of like, this is exactly how much we're going to spend and we're going to kind of have to deal with it. Do you have any tips for people when they're going to the grocery store or when they're making that grocery budget that you've seen really help your clients? I think one of the biggest things is to meal plan. When you meal plan ahead of time and you know what you're going to cook, And then I think once you, I think your meal plan should be based on your pantry. Everybody has extra stuff sticking in their pantry. So you should shop first in your pantry and that'll help reduce your grocery budget. Definitely for sure. The other thing I think is a lot now, most of the stores have apps and they have the prices right in the app. So I think creating your grocery list on the app 
is one of the biggest things that can be helpful because you know exactly how much you're going to spend. I mean, there's right. a little variation with meats and vegetables and that kind of stuff because it's based on weight, but you can look before you go to the grocery store, you know, exactly where you stand before you're walking away. Yeah, I, I like that because sometimes when you're just shopping and putting things in the cart, it's just, it's kind of hard to know um, exactly how much you're going to, unless you're writing it down as you go. So I think that the app would probably make a lot of sense. Occasionally we've used apps to do like the shopping online and then you pick it up and that usually works for us because they'll have like a deal going of you don't have to pay for the personal shopper and so we just do it when we don't have to pay for the personal shopper and that's kind of nice because then you can get it all straight and you know exactly how much you're going to spend and you save time too not having to go to the grocery store absolutely absolutely i think one of the other things that people make a mistake in is buying in bulk buying in bulk Mm -hmm. is great if you're going to use the product. But if you're going to buy a giant thing of pretzels and it's going to go to waste before you finish it. So I think you have to be very careful. And not always buying the biggest uh, amount of something is the cheapest. So I think, you know, definitely looking at unit prices and being sure that what you're buying, you're going to be able to use. I also think it's a really great idea before you go grocery shopping to go through your refrigerator, clean out all the vegetables that you didn't use and to freeze them. Things like peppers and that sort of thing, you can chop them up, freeze them, and then you can throw them on your pizzas or put them in your soups, you know, all those vegetables. And instead of letting that stuff go to waste, because I think people go to the store and they think, oh, I'm going to eat healthy this week. And they buy all the stuff. And then half the time, half of that is thrown away. Yeah, I can completely relate to that. That's definitely me. That's a really good tip. We've never done that. We've never frozen the vegetables that we didn't get to. That's a really good idea. I mean, you buy fr- you can buy frozen vegetables. So why can't you just freeze your own um, if you have leftovers before they go bad? So yeah, that's a really good idea. I like that one. I'm definitely going to use that one. I like the freezing the vegetables tip and the not buying in bulk kind of because it's really hard having two people in the house to get through all the food, especially the vegetables, because I do eat a lot of vegetables, but sometimes I go overboard buying them. I do the same thing with fruit, but I don't know if freezing that would really work out as well. I mean, you could use it in a smoothie, I guess, if you freeze fruit, though. Yeah, I've frozen bananas before to use in a smoothie, but I don't know about any of the other fruits. Yeah, I think fruits are kind of hard unless it's like berries. Right, yeah. And you're going to make like a dessert with them later or something. Maybe Mm -hmm. you could do that. I also think it's important to plan a leftover day Mm. because, well, I know um, in a past episode, you said Jacob likes to take your your leftovers as his lunch. Yeah, yeah. So, but if you're not a type of person who's going to take the leftovers for lunch, you know, ultimately you're going to have a refrigerator full of leftovers and you don't want to waste anything if you can avoid it right exactly I think that's maybe why he takes the leftovers is because I'm not big on leftovers so he's like oh this is how we can use this without it going bad but if you're fine with leftovers then yeah that's a good idea especially if it's like a day that you just you're too busy and you don't feel like cooking like if you have a day where you spend a lot of time at your job or you're working on some side projects or whatever it is that's keeping you busy it's going to keep you from going out to eat which is going to save you money but for your health and it's just something real quick that you can pop into the microwave it's a really good idea so i think those are all really really good tips for groceries um did you have any for entertainment specifically i know the only one that i've really done for entertainment is just cutting the cable cord you know watching hulu or netflix and we have some shared accounts so i'm not paying for all of the accounts i'm sure most people do that um but 
that's that's kind of been my biggest one for entertainment. Yeah, entertainment is hard. It it all depends on your personality. I think if you try hosting more hosting more friends and doing gatherings inside your house, you know, and it's also right. kind of cool if you have everybody bring a little something, then you're not, you know, you're not providing all the food for the party. Yeah. We used to do a wine party and for the wine party, everybody would bring a wine and an hors d'oeuvre. And then we would vote on who had the best wine, who had the best hors d'oeuvre. And it was an ultimate way to host a party because you're not putting out any money, really. You're putting out for a little bit of paper products and some water, right. a little bit of soda. Yeah. Everybody enjoyed it and had a great time. Yeah, and that's a lot cheaper than everyone going out to dinner and spending all that money at the restaurants just because, I mean, it's fun to go out to restaurants occasionally. It gets you out of the house and stuff. And I think a lot of people like that right now, considering we've been in quarantine and everything. But as far as normally, um, I think it's probably better if you're looking to save money to stay at home just because ultimately it's going to be cheaper. Right. I think people, um, you know, it's hard. Everybody wants to enjoy food out and get takeout. But I think you should really pull your entertainment money and not grab takeout on the way home. Because when you're grabbing takeout on the way home, you get home, you have your burger, you have your French fries, your French fries are all soggy because they've been stuffed in styrofoam. So take your entertainment money and actually make it a special event when it is that time. You know, go to a restaurant, sit down and enjoy it. Yeah, I I like that too, because then it's making it, I don't know, it's just making it special again. So you feel a little bit better about spending that extra money. You saved up for it. It's special. Like you said, you're not getting your cold food that you're sitting at home eating on the couch by yourself. You're making it a more enjoyable experience and going out with people. So yeah, that's, that's a really good idea. Have you found that people... You know how Dave Ramsey likes to say that it's not a math problem (laughs) and people don't get in debt because of the math because if it was just because of the math, nobody would be in debt, right? We, We can all do math. We can figure it out. So have you found that when you're working with people, you really need to figure out kind of what motivates them, what makes them tick and really focus in on that to get them to make long term changes? I think that most people don't even realize exactly how much debt they have. It's easier just to put the blinders on not look at what your debt is and look at what a minimum payment is. So I can make this minimum payment this month so I can afford it. And then when they stop and turn around and look at, yeah, maybe I can afford all those minimum payments. But when I look at what I truly owe, it's devastating. Right. And that is one of the hardest things when people start coaching to actually sit down and write out all their debts. But I think that the biggest thing is it feels so insurmountable But once you see the plan and once you see like you have an actual debt-free date, that gets people motivated. I have a client that I just started working with and she, she told me she never, she thinks she will die with her student loan debt. Her student loan debt is high. She's single and she just never could see herself paying all of that off. Once we sat down, we figured out a plan. We figured out what her debt-free date was. Just the change in her personality was amazing. Yeah. Two months into it, I just got a random text message in the middle of the day that said, I actually feel like I can see a light at the end of the tunnel. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of friends I have, you know, we're around the similar age. So we've only been out of college for a few years. And I feel like a lot of them feel that way about their student debt is just like, oh, this is just something I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And it's just something I have to deal with. And 
that mentality like just breaks my heart. It just makes me so sad because I just want people to realize like it doesn't have to be this way. We can figure this out. We can get past it. We can, you know, have better opportunities later in life if we just focus for a small amount of time. It's just like it's the idea of you just want to like chunk your time. So in school when we're doing like lessons for the kids and stuff, it's the idea that they can't focus for 90 minutes on one thing. They get distracted. So you want to chunk the lesson into smaller parts so that way they can stay motivated to get those small parts done and kind of prioritize it in their head, right? And I feel like that's how people kind of feel about their debt sometimes is they get overwhelmed by how long it's going to take. And so if you can chunk it down into smaller parts of, okay, this is when I'm going to pay off this debt. This is when I'm going to pay off this debt and kind of just keep taking one day at a time and chugging along. I think that helps people feel like, okay, I can do this. Absolutely. I think that's part of the reason, you know, Dave Ramsey says to pay off your smallest debt first, not necessarily your highest interest debt first. And that's part of it is because once you start feeling that momentum, it just gives you more energy and more power to say, yes, I can do this. I've knocked out two debts or three debts. And the average person knocks out three or four debts the very first month because they have a bunch of little small things, you know, that are sitting out there. And so that does give them the power and the excitement of, I can do this. When married people reach out to you and want to work with you, does it tend to be one spouse first and then you kind of need to draw in the other spouse because they're not necessarily on the same page yet? Or by the time they reach out to you, do they tend to be on the same page of, okay, I'm ready to tackle this debt? It goes both ways. I I never meet with married people who are married without their spouse. Because I feel like if you are going to, uh, if you're going to embark on this journey and your spouse is totally fighting it, all it's going to do is cause more problems in between between the two of you. So married couples, I always do together. There's definitely always, you know, there's always a geek, always a person who's excited (laughs) and wants to do it and is a numbers person. And then there's always a free spirit. (laughs) So definitely not everybody's into in the same um, mind frame. But I think once you start seeing the plan and once you start seeing all the excitement and we can do this and we do have a date and we are going to get out of this, then everybody usually gets right on board. Yeah, I've, I've found that with even my own experience. And I've talked about this before, how I'm more of the numbers geek and Jacob is more of like a... Uh, We'll get to it eventually, but once we kind of sat down, did it together, made a plan, he was way more on board, and so I might be doing more of the day-to-day looking at our numbers, but he's on board with the plan and he's committed to it. So yeah, that's that's my exact experience that I've found. I think Isabel is kind of similar with Nick. It's similar, but Nick doesn't really care that much. He just lets me handle <laughs> it all. He's like, I know we need to get rid of the debt and you know what you're doing more than me so go ahead because when we were first well before we got married when we were engaged he was someone who kind of spent his money all the time had a bit of credit card debt then I helped him deal with that and he's like you're more responsible than me (laughs) because if he has money he wants to spend it Yeah, and I think I think that'll get better with age too. I feel like, I mean, you and Nick are still really young. And so as you're getting ready for like the baby that's coming and everything else, I mean, your priorities are going to shift and I'm sure his will too. So he'll be more on board and he'll have less time for his video games anyways because he'll be busy yeah, with a new true. baby. <laughs> Marcy, did you have any other tips that you wanted to get to that I didn't ask about? I think the only thing that I would say, the only other tip that I would have is maybe having stuff in your pantry so that you have quick meals that you can, can be go-tos that you don't have to 
stop it and get takeout on the way home. So, you know, have a little list, have, keep those things stocked in your pantry all the time. I have like three or four things that I know are my go-to that I can make within 20 minutes so that I'm not blowing my budget because inevitably those things are going to come up. Yeah, 100%. I think ours is usually pasta just because pasta, well, we come from a pretty big Italian family. So pasta was always one of our go-tos, but it's just easy to, you know, dump in some dried pasta in the water and it takes, you know, not very long to cook. And so that was usually our go-to and it's not very expensive. But thank you so much, Marcy, for all of your tips. And I think our listeners probably took a lot away from that today. And where can people find you if they want your services, if they want to reach out, um, and if they want to get to know you a little better? Uh, On both Instagram and Facebook, I'm MK Financial Coach. And I am starting a two-week savings challenge that's going to start in a week or so. And I would love it if anybody wanted to join We're going to do a contest, see who can save the most. I'm going to give tips every day on different ideas for saving. And then we'll be giving away a prize at the end. So I'd love it if your listeners would want to join on Facebook. Yes, definitely go check her out. Go join that savings challenge. Get your budget in control. And if you need extra help, you can definitely reach out. And I'm sure that Marcy would be willing to coach you through whatever it is that you need help with. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. As always, please rate, review, like the podcast, share it with everyone you know. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at livepotentially and our website livepotentially.com. We will talk to you guys next time. (laughs) 